Hey everyone, and welcome to the Ricky Live Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today for episode number 32. So I have a question. Have you ever thought about blogging or possibly adding a blog to your website or your current business model? Maybe you're thinking, yeah, that sounds like something I could do, but I don't know what I would say or how to start, or how to even set up a website. Well, I've been blogging for the better part of five years now, and let me tell you, I've got some lessons learned stories that I would love to share with you today. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm sharing with you the five things I wish I would have known before I ever started blogging. So get ready because this one is going to be one of those podcast episodes you listen to on repeat or that one that you need to take some serious notes from someone who's been there. But if you're new to The Rookie Life, welcome. Let me tell you about the other fun things we talk about here on the podcast. We focus on what it means to start something new even when you have no idea where to begin, how to develop new skills in all areas of your life, and how to find that it factor that'll keep you motivated every single day. So join us as we dive headfirst into what it means to be a rookie. Come on, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. If you're an online entrepreneur and you've been looking for some tips and strategies to help you in your business, whether it's podcasting or public speaking or writing, or you just need some motivation, then I encourage you to check out our resource library where I share tips and strategies on the things that I've learned as being an online entrepreneur for more than five years now. And I share with you other fun things that have helped me along the way because I believe in passing along anything that you learn, right? Like that's the rookie way. We light the way for those that are coming up behind us because the ones ahead of us lit the way for us. So I encourage you to go to crystalprofit.com slash tips and strategies, all one word, to go check out the resource library and see what kind of goodies are there for you. Maybe you're looking to step up your game with podcasting or figure out how the whole blogging world works, or you just want to get some motivation on how to make a new friend or recognize the accomplishments that you've had in your life. I encourage you to go over there if you're interested in public speaking or any of the other things that I mentioned. Again, that's crystalprofit.com slash tips and strategies. Hey, Rickies, and welcome back to episode number 32 Before we dive into today's show, I wanted to go over a couple of things. The first is that I wanted to remind you that we always provide the show notes for each episode. So if you're interested in learning more about any of our amazing guests, then visit crystalprofit.com slash podcast. That's crystal with a K, profit with two F's and two T's to go check out the show notes for this week's episode. You'll also find social media links for any of our guests so you can continue to follow their journeys. The next thing I wanted to remind you is to be sure and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. There are some really exciting things coming up around the corner and I cannot wait to share them with you. And while you're at it, please rate and review the show on iTunes. We just did another giveaway and y'all, these are just so much fun. I can't wait to do more. 
but we're going to be choosing random reviewers to receive some really cool Rookie Life merchandise. You can leave a star rating between one and five stars, but here's what you have to do to be considered for one of our drawings. You have to leave a comment for what you think of the show, or you could tell other people, you know, some topics that you want to hear or which episode is your favorite, but you have to leave a comment to be considered for one of the drawings. I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to receive some really cool stuff because who knows what the prize will be next time. Okay, now we've gotten all the business side of things out of the way. Let's talk about blogging. Okay, so today we're going to talk about blogging. And this is funny, and I feel like it's worth mentioning that I'm trying something a little different with my podcast today. Um, I'm sitting in one of my son's, um, like, their gaming chairs, you know, like those black chairs that you just, like, put in the floor and you rock back and forth. And I'm normally, like, standing up in my office, but my office, oh, y'all, it's so echoey, and I'm trying to find a way to have higher quality audio. So um, if it sounds a little different, then that's what's going on with that. I'm always trying to improve. But um, anyway, total sidebar, let's go back to blogging. Um, before we dive into the five things that I've learned and I want you to know if you're considering blogging, I want to take you through my journey. So what blogging has looked like for me. And, um, I, um, as you know, if you've been following me for a while, you probably know that I was a, you know, I was in the corporate world for three and a half years before I started staying at home. And then after I stayed at home for a few months, I started to feel restless and feel like I didn't really have much of a purpose and like we could probably get into an entire therapy session on all the things that I was trying to fix that weren't broken. It was just, you know, a process that I needed to go through as as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a mom in order to get to where I am today and really enjoy the things that I'm doing. But during that time, this would have been like 2014, um, when I first started staying at home, I was following bloggers. Um, I didn't realize I was following bloggers until I kind of took a step back and realized that um, that's how some of these people got their start. So I'm gonna give you a perfect, perfect example. When I started staying at home, I loved to cook, and I became obsessed with the Pioneer Woman, and I fell even more in love with her when I realized that she was a blogger. Like, that was her jam. That was how she got started. She just started sharing recipes and stories and beautiful pictures of her kids, because she's also an amazing photographer. And that's how she got started. She was a blogger. And I had no idea until I saw it was like a some special on like the Food Network or, you know, some news channel or something. I don't even know where I saw it. But um, that kind of, you know, I was like, wow, like blogging, like you can make money doing that? Like that's a thing? And so I remember, you know, watching that somewhere and, you know, going on about my life, not thinking, oh, I'm going to start a blog. It was just something that... I knew fascinated me. And then my sister-in-law gave me a book called Living Well, Spending Less. And she said, you have to read this book. It's so good. 
And it was right around the same time that I started staying at home, so I had extra time to read. I've never really considered myself much of a reader until the last about five years. And she handed me this book. I read it. I fell in love with uh, the story. And then I found out, guess what? It was written by a blogger. And that is where I became um, just really infatuated with Ruth Sukup, who's a blogger I've followed for several years now. And she is actually, um, a lot of my inspiration and motivation comes from her story, her journey, and the amazing business and empire that she is creating. Um, And so it was through following Ruth online. I started following um, her blog, which is Living Well, Spending Less. It's transformed and morphed into something so much bigger now but um but I thought you know what I'm gonna try to do this like they've done it obviously and they've made you know they have their own success stories why couldn't I do this too and because honestly I was just restless I I thought I was gonna be like the Martha Stewart mom and then I was like oh my gosh like is is this all that there is is cleaning toilets and folding laundry and cooking dinner and cleaning up after the kids like I thought okay there's got to be something more so I started writing and I started um, doing devotionals because I thought I was going through my own spiritual journey on you know, who I wanted to be. We started really going to church at this point. And um, I think that I was basically soul searching for who I was, the type of mom I wanted to be, the type of wife, the way I wanted to show up for my family. And so devotionals just felt like a good place to start. So believe it or not, and I laugh because I think of how I pictured blogging then versus how I see it now. And I set up a blog on blogger.com, which is like the basic of the basic of the basic. And, um, but I felt comfortable there. I felt like it was very easy to navigate. And if someone, like if you're considering it, like I'm pretty sure blogger is still a platform out there. I don't see why it wouldn't be, but it was totally free. I didn't have to pay for anything. And, um, except for I did purchase my URL, which was like $12. And, um. So I started rookiedevotionals.com and I remember the whole thought process. I can see myself sitting in that office, sitting in that room, um, and just thinking, okay, what is the purpose of this? What do I really have to say? And so at the time, I was trying to figure out prayer and Bible study, so I would do my Bible study in the morning And then I would go write everything that I wrote down along the way that I thought could be insightful or helpful to someone else. So that's how that blog got started. And then I was doing it every day because it was a way for me to hold myself accountable to do my daily devotionals too. Um, Because, you know, I thought how blogging worked is you just showed up every day and then one day someone stumbled upon you know, your amazing blog and you just really hit them in the heart with it and then they shared it and then you're a millionaire, right? (laughs) Or you get a million views or whatever. I don't even know. I don't understand like the naive way that my brain was working, but obviously I was, I didn't have a clue of what was going on. But then I, um, I got pregnant with our third son 
and then I had a baby. All of a sudden, I had this newborn, and I walked away from the blog. I was still doing my daily writing, and I was, you know, still curious about the world of blogging. I was following, starting to follow other bloggers that I had discovered in a few blogging networks, and um, I saw what they were doing, and I thought, wow, that's really cool, but I don't have time for this right now. This is not the season for trying something new or trying to reinvent myself, whatever the case may be. But I still felt like there was just this like, like on my heart, like you've done all of this work because when I went back to the rookie devotionals to the blog, after probably five or six months, I saw that I had over a hundred posts easily. I might've even had closer to 150 I don't really know exactly like the exact number I had, but there was a lot of content there. And I think it was around the same time that like I my renewal for my URL was coming up and you know it was saying, "Hey, you know your domain's going to expire. What do you want to do? You know, you got to pay an extra $12 or whatever." And I thought, "Oh man, like if I don't renew this, like it's going to go away forever." And then I thought, but I really don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do what I've already started. And then I've seen other people create books. And so I thought, wow, there's enough content here. I'm going to create a book. So that's where my book, Rookie Devotionals, was born out of. And sorry, I know that was like a long story about that. But I really want you to understand the mindset behind why I totally switched gears from what I was doing and decided to go a different route. So um, that was on blogger.com. And then when I wrote my book, I launched it, I thought, well, I need another website and I don't want to just talk about devotionals. That was something I discovered along the book path journey. Like that was, I felt like it was limiting, limiting me to just one topic or to only talk about, you know, Bible study and, you know, prayer and talking to women about, you know, just being encouraging or whatever. Like I felt really trapped in that domain name. So I thought, well, I'm going to start one and it's just going to be crystalprofit.com. I had seen several other people um, along that time frame that had branded themselves as, you know, they were entrepreneurs or they were motivational speakers, they were writers. And I said, well, I can just do my own domain name. So that's what I decided. And I went with Weebly.com. And that's a different platform that helps you build a website, have a blog. And um, and that website went through many, many makeovers. So let me go back to Weebly real fast. So the reason why I chose that is because I had started volunteering at the local library. Uh, again, I was not the, you know, Betty Crocker, Martha Stewart, like stay at home with my babies all day. So I had started volunteering at the library to read books and story time and, you know, just take the kids up there and just really just to get out of the house. And they had asked me if I would help them with their website. And I had no idea what I was doing. And, but, you know, it's just kind of my nature. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll help you. I don't know what I'm doing, but I will figure it out. This is the rookie way, right? And so I started helping them. So it was really cool to do their website stuff, like figure it out. Because, I mean, no one was looking at it, you know, in the aspect of like hundreds of thousands of people looking at their website either. It was like a few hits here and there. So I thought, well, if I mess it up, 
no one's going to be mad because they don't know what they're doing and there's not a lot of people looking at it. So I figured out the Weebly platform before I launched my website. And then whenever I was ready to launch my book, I launched my own crystalprofit.com. So um, so long story short, I did that for almost a year and a half. I had my Weebly site. Maybe it was even closer. Yeah, it was about a year and a half. And, um, and that wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. I had seen other people grow their blogs to heights I could only imagine, you know, only dream of. And I kept hearing over and over again, like, Weebly is holding you back. It does not give you the freedom. I even had a graphic, um, oh, sorry, not a graphic designer, a, um, a programmer who was going to work with me on developing a site. You know, she was a lady I met at church. Like, she was really excited to work with me. And she said, it's just very limiting to what you really want to do. So you're going to need to move to WordPress. And she wasn't the first one that told me that. I'd actually had several other people say, you need to move to WordPress. That is where it's at. You have so much more freedom to do it, but you have to feel comfortable. You don't have to be a programmer, but you do have to feel comfortable with the learning curve because it is totally different than any other platform but you have so much more freedom than you do with anything else. So um, all that to be said, I've been in WordPress now. I'm recording this February 2019. I have been in WordPress for over six or seven months, maybe longer, and I would never go back. Would never go back to anything else. I've learned so, 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 so much. And I understand the world of blogging so much more than I did before because you have so many freedoms and you have so much more um, ability to change and cater things to exactly what you want. So um, I know that was kind of like a long, long-winded introduction to my blogging journey, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from before you just decide, hey, you know, she did this. I can do this. Well, I want you to understand the journey. And also with WordPress, like I'm enrolled in a blogging course. It's Elite Blog Academy. It's actually by Ruth Sukup, who I was telling you about earlier with Living Well, Spending Less. Like she has this amazing online course. It's an awesome program that really takes you through step by step by step and holds your hand through every single process that you encounter as a blogger. So, um, she was actually, she there was like this Q&A or something on a live video one time. And I asked like, well, I'm on Weebly. Should I switch to WordPress? And it was just like an emphatic, yes, absolutely. Don't even look back. You need to move to WordPress because it will give you the freedom. And it was that voice, like hearing her, she's this voice of authority in this space. She told me that. And I was like, okay, I've just got to go all in. I've got to do this. So, um... That's my blogging journey. Now I want to share with you the five things that I've learned, or I guess I should rephrase to like the five things I wish I would have known when I first started this blogging journey. So the first one is, and these aren't really like in a a particular order on importance. I feel like they're really all very important, but I'm just listing them on how I put them down, like out of my head onto paper. But number one is consistency is key. So if you're considering starting a blog, like how often are you going to post? 
Are you going to post something once a month? Are you going to post something once a week, twice a week, once a day? Like, how often are you going to post? Because the reason consistency is key is for several different factors. The first one is the, I want to say, like, all the back-end stuff. So, like, the Google bots and every, like, all the techie stuff. Like, where, you know, the things that crawl the internet looking and searching for new information. They like consistency. Google likes consistency. So if you throw up a blog post once every six months, do you think that Google is going to consider you an authority on this topic, whatever it is? No, it's not because you're not consistent and consistency helps your readers show up when you post new stuff. Because I know people, like the people that I follow, the bloggers, the podcasters, you know, the vloggers, like whoever it may be, you know when they're going to post a new video or post a new post or, you know, have a new podcast up. You know when their stuff comes out because they're consistent. It's kind of like if you think about TV. Like, I've been a Grey's Anatomy fan forever. And I know it comes on Thursdays. I know it comes on every single Thursday. Like, I know because I... They're consistent. That's how their show has been for several years. So I know when to expect something new. So that's why consistency is so important. It's also important with what you share. So if you share something about your dog one day, and then the next day you share about the weather, and then the the next day you share about underwater basket weaving, and then the next day you shared about crafts, and then the next day you share about your favorite vinyl music, Like, what is this about? What is this blog about? Again, you confuse your audience. You confuse Google and all the other bots out there trying to figure out who you are and like, what what are you an authority on? And that doesn't mean that you're limited on only talking about parenting or underwater basket weaving or whatever the case may be. However, you do need to be consistent in Like pick like four things or five things, but don't try to talk about a hundred different things because it's confusing to not only your audience, but to everything else that's out on the internet. And then consistency with pictures, like are you going to have pictures all the time? Are you going to have videos? Are you going to have other stuff incorporated? Like decide this up front and kind of have that as like a guideline or like a checklist. Like this is what I'm going to have every single time or this is what I'm going to have every other post and then what colors are you going to have you're going to have brand colors that you know correlate to what you're doing whether it's a post or a graphic on Pinterest or whatever just be consistent across all facets so number one is consistency is key number two is Decide on whether it's going to be a business or a hobby. So it took me a really long, long time to understand this, but I believe Christy Wright, like I'm a huge follower of her, like she said it best so like that my ears and my brain could understand this concept. But a hobby costs you money and a business makes you money. So you want to know what your blog is going to be from the start. I'm not saying that it can't transform into something else, but I think that to be successful, if you're going to blog as a business, 
I think that you need to have that mindset from the very beginning because you will show up differently than you will if it's just a hobby. Because I see those hobby bloggers that are like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to blog. They post once a month and then it's radio silence for two or three months. And then they show up out of nowhere and then they're like, I wonder why no one's reading my stuff. It goes back to consistency. So um, let's let's talk about a hobby making you, or a hobby costing you money. So blogging as a business, it's really, it's not this one-time cost and then you're done. It's not just purchasing a URL and then you never have any fees again. There is actually a lot of money that you can invest into a blog, but you have to know where to invest it so you can get a return on your investment. So I didn't realize this and I didn't understand this concept. So I was a hobby blogger for the first four years, let's call it, of blogging because I didn't know what I was doing. I was not showing up consistently. Um, I mean, I was posting. There was a time period of like six months. I was posting every single day. It was exhausting. It wore me out. I was totally burned out after those six months. And then I just kind of fell off and didn't, you know, I just didn't understand the world of blogging. Now I see it and I see the potential to make money, but I also see how you can fall into these traps of just spending a ton of money on Facebook ads or on Pinterest ads or whatever. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're very strategic in how you spend either your advertising dollars or you know, creating a new product or investing in a platform that's going to help you grow, you want to make sure that you're going to have a return on your investment if you plan to blog as a business. So if you're going to do it as a business, just know that from the very beginning, you have to have that mindset that you're going to make money and not spend money like a hobby blogger. So, and there's nothing wrong with hobby bloggers or whatsoever, because like I said, that is what I did for a long time, and I know a lot of people that they just, they love it. They love just sharing their thoughts and their ideas, and there's people that read them, and they could care less about ever making money um, sharing those thoughts and ideas. So, so number two was decide on whether it's going to be a business or a hobby. Number three, oh, and this is the one that I did not understand for the longest time, and this really applies to if you're going to blog as a business The email list is super important. I'm going to say it again. An email list is super, super, super important because you have to be able to talk to your audience, not just let them hear your voice one time in a post and then say, okay, bye. Like that's kind of like waving at a stranger at a red light, right? You like smile, like hi, little wave, and then you never see them again. That's what it's like when you put posts out that, you know, people just read it and then they're gone. Like, poof, you know, you never see them again. You don't want that. As a blogger who's trying to really create an audience of people that want to come back, like craving what you have, an email list is a great way to connect with them. So I'm going to explain to you a little bit about my email list and how that works. But um, I have invested, this is going back to the investment part of money and everything, I've invested in an email platform. I used MailChimp for a long time because it's free. And um, it's free, I believe, up to like 2,500 subscribers. 
And I used it for a long time because I thought that was all I needed. Now I pay for an email service. It's ConvertKit. And the reason why I love this service is because it allows me to interact with my audience the way MailChimp never let me. So let me give you an example. Because you're, you're, maybe you're still saying, Crystal, like, what is an email list? What are you talking about? So if you've ever gone onto a website and, you know, they're offering a freebie, let's say it's a free recipe, a free ebook, a free checklist, or a free workbook on how to clean your house, or how to help your kids behave, or how to do origami, I don't know, just, you know, just imagine a freebie that you've signed up for. What you've done is you give them your name, and you give them your email. That goes onto their email list. So you are a pool of people that has shown interest in what they have to say and, you know, you've liked something of theirs. And what I've come to realize is with my list, I email them once a week. And during other promotional times, if I'm trying to sell a product or I'm trying to get them interested in something cool I'm doing on the podcast... Then I'll email them more than that. But I try not to bombard them because it's almost like, you know, you have a friend. Like, let's say you meet a friend at the park, right? You take your kids to the park and you meet and you're like, oh, you know, we should go have coffee sometime. Yeah, sure. That sounds great. And then you never hear from them again. But that's someone grabbing your freebie, right? And just like taking off. They never, you know, radio silent, never see them again. But if you had an email list and they get your freebie and they're added to your list, then you can create a relationship. And I'm not talking about a relationship to sell things to people. I'm talking about a relationship that is almost, it's just like a friendship, right? Like I show up every week for my list. I share stories about, oh my gosh, I like we've, we've talked about potholes in the road outside of my house. We've talked about Trips that I've gone on when I've gone to business conferences, I share about, like, this is what I learned this week I'm so excited about. Or if I have a really cool podcast episode I'm excited about, I've shared about my kids, I've shared about my husband, I've shared about just all kinds of things. It's a way for my list to get to know me on a personal level. That way, whenever I do have a cool product or service to offer to them, they trust me. It's a way to establish a know, like, and trust relationship because they're not just the person that you see at the red light and you wave once and they're gone. These are people that want to hear what you have to say. Yes, you will have people that unsubscribe. And you know what? It's kind of like a a kick to the ego when you're first starting. You're thinking, oh, why don't they like me? Like, come back. And you want to go beg for them to come back. But those aren't your people. The people that unsubscribe to your list they either don't care what you have to say or they're tired of listening to, you know, just another voice in their email or, you know, who knows, there could be a million different reasons why they unsubscribe, but they're not your people. So I encourage you, if you're thinking about blogging, then you should set up an email list from the very beginning. It's so important to establish um, those connections, and you you don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to email them every day. 
You can email them once a week. You could email them once a month. You could just share like, hey, this is what happened on the blog or this is what we did today um, in the our video something, you know, our, our latest video that we have on our website. Did you catch our Facebook Live that we did this week? Did you see our post on Instagram? Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could just be a story like, oh my God, my dog pooped and my robot vacuum <laughs> drug it all over my house. <laughs> Oh, I don't even think I shared that in one of my emails. I think I wanted to, but I had had a week, like just a week from hell, totally. That it's just, I don't even think I shared that. So I'm sharing it with you now if you're on my email list. But oh my gosh, like just real stuff, just being real and authentic and connecting with people so that they trust you. So, um, so that was number three. Let's move on to number four because this is a really important part of blogging. Um, if you're looking to do it seriously, I want to tell you it's not one of those things, even if you are a great writer, like let's get that out of the way. Like if you're an amazing writer, blogging is still something that's very time consuming. Even if you can sit down and crank out a blog post in 10, 15, 30 minutes, which is amazing by the way, that's like really super quick in my opinion, um, there are other steps involved. So you, um, I just kind of jotted down a few steps that I was thinking. I was like, what is my writing process? So I go through writing. Then I go through editing and formatting it on the blog post or the blog page so people can read it easily. Like you don't want to just have one long paragraph basically because that's hard to read. People will jump off of your site super quickly if it's Hard to read. I don't care how good the content is. People get frustrated if they can't read it very easily. Then you have um, figuring out keywords. Like what are the things that you talk about the most? Like this is some of the more technical stuff. But you can do all of this with WordPress uh, more than you can with something like Weebly or Blogger. I do believe Weebly has um, some of these aspects. And I've heard great things about Squarespace too. But I personally haven't used them. Um, but then you have like SEO, which is search engine optimization, which is something that I'm still learning. I have not perfected, but I've gotten better at it since I've moved to, um, to doing WordPress. Like it's, it's gotten better. It's not amazing, but I have definitely gotten better. And then you have graphics. So this is the part that I love. I love Canva.com. I've talked about it before, but it's just the... The graphic design platform that I use for everything. So if you've seen my logo on uh, the Rookie Life podcast, if you've seen any of my graphics on my website or on um, Facebook, Instagram, all of those things, my quote cards, I do all that in Canva. And I highly suggest that you feel comfortable with creating your own graphics um, when you're starting to blog because... Man, pictures, they just, they speak volumes to what you're trying to say. And if you can add in pictures that help you tell your story, it's just that much more impactful to your audience. So number four is time management. I wish I would have known this better when I first started. Okay, number five is I want you to know exactly who you're talking to. This is something that honestly, like if if I'm just being fully transparent here, um, 
I didn't figure out until really November of last year, like November 2018. And I'd already been blogging for several years. I'd already started my podcast. And um, I felt like I was trying to talk to anyone that would listen. But if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're going to end up talking to no one. Because the more you narrow down exactly who that specific person is that you're talking to, whether you want to call it your target audience, your customer avatar, your ideal client, whatever the case may be, until you really narrow it down to what do they do for a living? How old are they? How much do they weigh? How tall are they? What are their politics? What are their lifestyle choices? Do they eat out a lot? Do they like to cook? Do they have kids? Do they have aging parents? Do they have kids in college? Do they have pets? Do they like to raise chickens? Like, There's just so many options of who you can talk to. And I wasn't narrow enough with this. And I still think I can narrow it down even more when it comes to podcasting and blogging. But I've gotten so much better at it. So my ideal audience, and you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably fall within one of these categories, is a female entrepreneur who is looking for guidance, maybe in multiple areas, not just one. Like, I'm not a life coach. Like, that's not my thing. But I feel like I touch on a lot of different aspects of just being a woman, being a mom, being a you know, I've been a working mom. I've been a stay-at-home mom. I've been trying to do this online entrepreneur stuff for a long time, and I've struggled with things, and I've shared them openly. And um, I believe that my perfect audience is a representation of all of those things. So whenever I write, whenever I podcast, whenever I do my videos, I am speaking directly to one woman. I've actually created like a customer avatar. Like I have a picture of this woman. I know her name. I know who she is. I know what her husband does for a living. I know how many kids she has. I know how much money they make in their household. I know all of these things because I have realized the more I try to speak directly to her, the more my audience relates to what I'm saying. Because if I'm not speaking directly to you, you're going to stop listening. Or you're going to stop reading. Or you're going to stop watching any of the videos that I have to say. But I have noticed the more narrow I have focused everything that I'm doing, the better response I've gotten. I've gotten more social media likes. I've gotten you know, more email subscribers. I've gotten more people interested in the podcast and listening to it and coming on the show as a guest. Like, I have just noticed so much whenever I know exactly who I'm talking to. So those are my five things. Like, I could probably talk about this forever because I really have learned so much. Like, maybe I should just do an entire podcast episode on setting up WordPress and the things that I've learned just in the last few months of doing WordPress. Holy moly. Like, I feel like I'm a, you know, graphic designer slash computer programmer slash whatever, but um, I'm definitely not. So (laughs) don't be intimidated by that. I love um, Marie Forleo. And I know I've dropped a lot of names in this episode, and I will link you to 
all of them and these wonderful women that I follow because um, all the stuff that I've learned, I've learned from them. Like they've paved the way. They're the trailblazers and I'm just kind of following in their path. But Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. Like, and I think I need to find that and like paint it on a canvas or have it printed and like put it in a frame and put it in my office because I love this phrase. Like everything is figure outable. So if you want to blog, if you want to do this as a business, as a hobby, just as an extension of your current business, then I encourage you to do so because it's fun. At the end of the day, like whenever you figure out what works for you and what works for your audience and what just like lights your soul on fire, it's amazing. It's totally awesome. So let me recap these real fast. So number one is consistency is key. Number two, decide on whether it's going to be a business or a hobby. Number three, an email list is super, super important. Number four, time management. And number five, know exactly who you're talking to. But that wraps up the episode 32 today. I'm so excited that you joined me here. Remember to go check out the show notes for today's show and all those links that I'll provide for you. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review so you can get your hands on one of those prizes for our next drawing. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Remember, keep it up, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. 